0: Psalm 120 When I was in trouble, I called to the Lord, who answered me Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and from the deceitful tongue. What shall be done to you, and what more besides, O you deceitful tongue? The sharpened arrows of a warrior, along with hot glowing coals. How hateful it is that I must lodge in Meshech and dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had to live among the enemies of peace. I am on the side of peace, but when I speak of it, they are for war. Amen. Reading from Ezekiel 37, beginning at the 15th verse. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Take a single stick and ride on it, belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick and write on it belonging to Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all the house of Israel associated with him. Then join them together with a single stick so that they become one in your hand. When your people ask you, won't you explain to us what you mean by these things? Tell them, this is what the Lord God says. I'm going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel associated with him, and put them together with the stick of Judah. I will make them into a single stick so that they become one in my hand. When the sticks you have written on are in your hand and in full view of the people, tell them, this is what the Lord God says. I'm going to take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them into their own land. I'll make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel and one king will rule over all of them. They will no longer be two nations and will no longer be divided into two kingdoms. They will not defile themselves anymore with their idols, their abhorrent things, and all their transgressions. I will save them from all their apostasies by which they sinned, and I will cleanse them. Then they will be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David will be king over them, and there will be one shepherd for all of them. They will follow my ordinances and keep my statutes and obey them. They will live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob where your fathers lived. They will live in it forever with their children and grandchildren, and my servant David will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be a permanent covenant with them. I will establish and multiply them and will set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. When my sanctuary is among them forever, the nations will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is the second half of chapter 37. Uh, It opens with the dry bones. We talked about that last week. And this section is all about reunification, reconciliation, the work of God to change the past. If if you remember your your Bible history, we go back to First Kings, and Solomon dies, and his son Rehoboam becomes king, and the people of the northern tribes, the ten tribes, uh, who there was already some animosity between them and and Judah, uh, where where David and Solomon were from, and and when you think about it, when when you live in a tribal culture. There's rivalries, right, and and we even have those today, whether it's families against each other, like the Hatfields and McCoys type thing, or whether it's rivalries in sports, rivalries in business, rivalries in churches. Churches do that all the time. They look down the street and they see such and such a church doing really well, and they start to get upset and they start to hate them, as though uh, uh, they're the enemy, rather than they're just joined in the same work that we're we're all doing doing together. But there were were rivalries uh, between the tribes and and the northern tribes centered around uh, the the tribe of Ephraim. uh, Had this gentleman, Jeroboam, who was a servant of Solomon, uh, but he basically ran off in exile uh, to save himself. And then once Solomon died, he came back and he rallied the northern tribes together and and wanted for rehoboam uh, as king to lessen the taxes and the slave labor that solomon had uh upon the people um and rehoboam doesn't listen his his father's advisors tell him yes listen to the people or these things and they will they will be your people forever instead he listens to his buddies who have no clue what they're doing and uh, it breaks up the kingdom into two kingdoms, the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel, the, the 10 northern tribes of Israel and the kingdom of, of Judah and Benjamin. And, and by default, kind of Simeon, um, even though we always throw Simeon in with the 10 tribes. But uh, they, um, they, they break off. They split up. They break away. Uh, because of this anger and, and rivalry and dissension between the two groups and then what ends up happening you you have civil war happening over and over and over again and then the Assyrians come and they take the northern tribes away into exile and we actually you know we joke we joke about um the, the lost tribes, right? Well, we'll use that word lost tribes. And, and we have whole religions that pretend that they are the, the lost tribes of Israel or they know where the lost tribes of Israel went. And that's all fine and good. It's interesting. And as you read your, your Bible, you start to find out that, uh, for instance, the Assyrians take them away into the towns of the Medes and the Persians. And then what ends up happening after Babylon uh, falls to the Medes and the Persians? Well, Cyrus allows the Jews to go back to the promised land to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple and and all of that stuff. And it makes you wonder if those northern tribes, the, the religion, the Jewish religion, had an influence on the Medes and the Persians there so that Cyrus knew something of this Yahweh God. That's a that's a story in and of itself right there but we don't have time for that but here in this section in Ezekiel 37 we have God announcing reunification reconciliation and so he has Ezekiel take two sticks and turn them into a royal scepter he writes on one the the name uh, uh, for Judah and another the name for Ephraim the, the two tribes that were linked to these two kingdoms that were broken away that had, had caused so much turmoil that the the northern tribes went off and worshiped the baals and the golden calves and and then Judah stayed sort of good for a while and then Manasseh made things horrible um and he he tells them okay take these two sticks and join them together them in your hand as one and to say they're going to be one kingdom they're going to be one people all the past sins all the past dissensions all the past apostasies all the past uh, things that have pulled you away from one another and pulled you away from me God says are, are going to be taken care of and you're going to be unified you're going to be brought together you're going to be joined to me and to one another this this one kingdom under god uh, and it makes me think of 2 Corinthians 5 i'm going to turn over there really quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, where paul is talking about what this what sort of ministry it is that he has what it is that he is is supposed to be doing as an apostle as a preacher and so he uh, He says this, beginning in verse 14 of of 2 Corinthians 5, For the love of Christ compels us, since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them, and was raised from now on then we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective yet now we no longer know him in this way therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away and see the new has come everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This idea of reconciliation, the idea that the past is being taken away, that the past things that break us apart, the past things that we try to fix ourselves by making others look bad, the the past sins that keep us from uh, loving one another, the past sins that make us think we will never be good enough for God. God is saying, no, I'm going to take care of all those things here he's talking about israel and judah bringing them together fixing those things uh, but here he he also is forecasting the fact that this is about his kingdom which is coming the kingdom which jesus talks about mark 1 15, repent for the kingdom of god has come near right that, that the kingdom has come in jesus christ And here in Ezekiel 37, it's just this foretaste of what is coming in him, this unification in him. Or our second section, uh, 20 through 24, when the sticks you've written on are in your hand and in full view of the people, tell them this is what the Lord God says. And then we have all these God verbs again. I am going to take, God says, he is going to be taking the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone, including the lost tribes. I will gather them, I will bring them, I will make them one and they will have one king who will rule over all of them. He's going to be doing all these God verbs to us, all these God verbs to the Israelites. He's going to be gathering all of his people. We being the sheep who are not of this fold that he calls together in John 10. The one we uh, Gentile believers being the ones who have been brought together in Jesus Christ into this one kingdom. Where there will be this one king, this one shepherd. Because he, he goes on to say, uh, verse 23, They will not defile themselves anymore with their idols, their abhorrent things, and all their transgressions. I will save them from all their apostasies by which they sinned, and I will cleanse them. Uh, the The word there can also be translated uh, into the, I will save them from all their dwelling places. And it makes me think of all the times in John where where Jesus talks about abide. He uses that word billion times in that gospel, abide, 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 abide in my word, abide in me, abide in love, all these things. And abide me, means making a dwelling place, a place to live. And I love that. I, I love the fact that God is going to take us out of these places where we think we have to live, out of this past, out of, out of all this crap that we think we have to surround ourselves with to make us of something. And instead, he's going to give us a new dwelling place, which we'll talk about in a second, but he's going to give us a new dwelling place. But before that, he says, my servant David will be king over them and there will be one shepherd over all of them. They will follow my ordinances and keep my statutes and obey them, meaning that God is going to... uh, he also says in, in the end of, of verse 23, uh, they will be my people and I will be their God, that, that God is going to be performing this cleansing ritual of his people, this purification ritual of this people, where at previous times they were going to have to bring all these sacrifices for themselves. Instead, a sacrifice is going to be made on their behalf, that Christ, who is both priest and sheep, <laughs> lamb, comes to do this cleansing and it will be a once and for all thing and then he will rule over us he will be lord and he will cause us to listen and to obey meaning to trust him to cling to him to not to cling to ourselves but to cling to him alone verse 25 they will live in the land that i will that i gave to my servant jacob they will live in it forever with their children that they were dead that they were those dry bones and they will live that that you are dry bones church dead in trespasses and sins but god in christ will raise you up give you new life I'll make a covenant of peace with them and it will be a permanent covenant that it cannot be broken. This this peace, this rest, this forever Sabbath that comes to us in Jesus Christ. That is this work that God is doing of reunification. And I will establish and multiply them. I will set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. I I, I said that we would we would come back to this. How how you know Christ talks about in John multiple times of abiding and that how God is going to take us out of our other dwelling places the places where we have sinned and he, he is going to to give us a new dwelling place a, a place a, a sanctuary a place in which those sins are now gone and it makes me think of after Jesus cleanses the temple in John chapter 2 and and verse 18 they come to Jesus the Jews do and they say what sign will you show us for doing these things Jesus answered, destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. Therefore the Jews said, this temple took 46 years to build and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, that it is that what comes in Christ is this new dwelling place where sin is to be removed, where all of our past goes to die. And he takes us to be his own. He makes us his own. That his sanctuary comes to us in Christ. That this whole section here in Ezekiel is this whole uh, pregame of what is happening in Jesus Christ in the Gospels. You can't read it without seeing it there that his sanctuary will be there. And and the the thinking probably in the the Jewish mind as as Ezekiel is telling them these things is that they're thinking, oh, the temple will be be rebuilt. But there's no discussion here of a new foundation being laid or a new temple being built yet. Anyways, we've got a whole bunch of chapters that we're going to have to slog through here near the end of this book about this new temple that's never been built, uh, but that's for a different time. But here to... To cling to this reality that in Christ now, church, you are one. You are one with Him and you are one with one another, that you have been forgiven, that you have been loved, that His dwelling place is with you, and that you do not have to go searching for your own. Let's pray. O God of justice and love, you illumine our way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need and awaken us to the needs of others through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church prayers for you. I thank you for those of you who have been sharing this podcast. We've seen a a large uptick in the number of listeners over the past couple of weeks. I thank you for that. I hope that this message and these these stories and these readings and these, um, these thoughts are getting out there. Uh, to other people that they might hear the good news of what has come in Christ and specifically out of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, We're going to start getting into some sections that are a little bit more um, weighty, shall we say? And then we're going to have quite a few chapters dealing just with this new temple and this new land and and all these other things. And that's going to be interesting in and of itself. But uh, until then... Uh, prayers that God will be with you and that he will help you to uh, serve him however you can these next uh, few days until we meet again. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.